All right, welcome in. What is going on? My name is Matt. This is Kevin. We are the Kings Lab Podcast, and Kev, the Sacramento Kings have started out the season three and three. What say you? Cannot believe we are three and three. Very excited for this start. Uh, we could be slightly better. Uh, I think we could have been five and one, um, but you know we're going to get in a little bit more of that. What do you think? Yeah. So what I just heard you say is you couldn't be happier, basically. But maybe we could be a little bit happier. No, I I know. I mean that three and one start had us all kind of um, a little over optimistic. I think overly optimistic. But I mean overall, like you said, can't really complain. Great start to the season. We've seen a lot of good things, few bad things, and we're going to talk about that. But overall, I think uh, the Kings have started off great. Um, first of all, Happy New Year, Kev. I mean, first, happy po- New Year. first podcast of 2021. Um, my family's coming off a pretty quiet New Year's where we just kind of stayed home, didn't really do a whole lot, just kind of watched a movie with the kids. And I don't even think we made it all the way to to midnight, to be honest. We watched a few of the performances on TV and just kind of hung out. But I don't I've never been a huge New Year's guy. Like New Year's just isn't a big thing to me. Uh, Now, this year it kind of is because 2020 can suck it. But it wasn't the greatest of years. Um, How was your New Year's? What did you do at your house and how was your New Year's? You know, we did a East Coast New Year's. So we were we just stayed up and celebrated at nine so Ooh, we could get the kids nice. to bed early and done uh when when it crossed nine o'clock we all raised our left foot so we could start 2021 on the right foot uh, okay i see what you did there that's that's kind of a cool tradition my wife used to have a tradition with her friend where they would uh right at midnight they would jump off the couch or something uh, maybe when the kids are old enough to stay up we'll we'll try that with them but uh yeah we didn't do any noisemakers or i feel like as a kid I got pretty pumped for New Year's. You know, sometimes my parents would go to friends' houses and they'd let us like bang the spoons on the pots and pans or shoot the little noise poppers. But uh, there were definitely some crazy fireworks going off in my neighborhood over here. I don't know about yours, but somebody was going ham with with the fireworks over here. Yeah, we had stuff going off till one, two in the morning. Uh, the The next morning, I got up to go to a workout, and I'm driving through, and there's confetti all over the ground a couple yeah. blocks away, and burnt scorch marks from some fireworks. So, it sounds like they really were enjoying this uh, uh, beginning to 2021. Yeah, I was gonna say normally, I feel like the uh, you know get, getting a little bit older, I feel like that might annoy me, but this year, I, I kind of get it because 2021, people are excited for 2020 to be over. I think so. Um, but yeah, I mean, so it sounds like your new year was pretty quiet as well, but good. The Kings are three and three. Uh, they were three and one. So they've lost a couple games back to back with the Rockets. I got to say the schedule. I don't love. We had to play the Nuggets twice in three games. We had to play the Rockets back to back. I don't love the immediate chance for revenge games for team. Like we beat the Nuggets. Now, granted, we did beat them both times, but then we lost to the Rockets both times. They get to see us in a short span, two times in a row. How do you feel about, I don't love, I mean, I get it though. Because of COVID, we have to play teams when we can play them. We got to get the games in because um, you're already seeing players, you know, Michael Porter Jr., a few others are already missing because of contract, contact tracing for COVID. But do you like the schedule? I'm not a fan. Well, so we've seen all three variations of this. We had the, the Denver where we played pretty close together. Uh, we, we swept them so far too to the games uh phoenix we split one-to-one but it was back-to-back phoenix came back and they adjusted and ended up beating us by 16 and then this houston game the back-to-back it just it just seems like the second game we just got a little worse than that first one yeah 
It kind of feels like the baseball schedule almost, where we're playing each team twice. It's like a mini series, um, you know. And we we split with the Suns, and I'm proud of that because we gave them. Dude, the Suns are playing out of their minds right now. They're five and one. Their one loss came from the Sacramento Kings, which hey, I'll take that. But um, you know, we we had that big win to start the season. We beat Denver. 124 to 122. Then we edged out a win over Phoenix, 106, 103, started out 2 0. Got kind of trounced by Phoenix the second time around, which is like, okay, they've got some talent. Like, I can live with that. Uh, then we beat Denver again to go to 3 1. We beat him 125, 115. But then back to back losses to Houston. We had a three point heartbreaker. And then today, 102 to 94. And we'll get into that a little bit. It wasn't the prettiest of games. Um, but you know what? What I'm seeing is we're in ball games, though. Even ones we're losing, we're in them at least for a while. Minus, you know, that one Phoenix game wasn't great. But the Kings are in ball games right now, which is about all you can ask, right? I mean, absolutely. And then we we ended our last podcast where we talked about we just wanted competitive basketball and competitive for all four quarters. I mean, today was a super competitive defensively, at least. Um, talk a little bit more offensively later, but I would say just this staying in games and having a shot. It's nice to watch a game all the way through and not think, oh, should I turn it off? We're down by 35 or down by 20. And so very right. rarely um, it's nice to not have those thoughts as well as just as a fan. It's it's cool to be in the end of the game. New Year's Eve, watching that game against the Rockets, it was, I mean, that last four minutes lasted at least 30. Yeah. Because all the time was nuts. And, the, and the coach's adjustments. It's but nice it was- to go into the fourth quarter and then down the stretch of the game, knowing that your team has a chance to win, especially against a a quality caliber team. You know, the teams that we've played have not been garbage so far. The Phoenix Suns are obviously no joke. The Nuggets are not playing great, but when they are clicking on all cylinders, they're a top four team in the Western Conference. And then the Rockets, you know, when they have James Harden, they're they're a contender as well. So, um, you know, no slouch in the schedule department, but it's nice to see the Kings in games and um obviously we would have liked to see a couple more wins but um you know overall i'm happy i don't know about you but i feel like i mean it's 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 kind of a negative kind of like two game losing streak is obviously not ideal but overall i like what i've seen for the most part you know it's not perfection but the kings are in games more than i thought they would be like you said i think they're exceeding expectations early um because i don't think it's like if they had started out one and three instead of three and one, you'd be thrilled where they at where they're at right now, right? It's like so. I feel like it's the three and one, the hot start that kind of like built up the expectations. Um, let's talk about a couple of players. De'Aaron Fox is obviously kind of the face of the franchise. Um, he's looked really good. He's just blowing by people. Love the speed. Love the energy. Um, love the scoring ability. Couple weaknesses as well. He's averaging 3.2 turnovers a game. He's only shooting 42.6% from the field going into today. Um, and his free throw percentage is a little higher than I thought. It's almost 74%. It feels lower. Like you said, it feels like he always misses when he's at the line. What have you seen from Deer and Fox so far? What do you like? What do you not like? Yeah, I mean, the 42% definitely sticks out to me with how close he gets to the bucket. Um, be nice to get a couple more in there. His three-point percentage is 31.8 right now. Uh, it's not too bad. I would like to see that a little higher. But I think the big thing is his free throws. 75 is not what I was expecting. I expected actually to be a little lower. I thought he'd be in the high 60s. He's definitely missed a couple uh, free throws, I felt. 
Um, yeah, was it last game? He was three of six, I think. And so it just feels like, like you said, it feels like he misses half, but I don't, he doesn't, obviously. And 75 is actually higher than he was last year when he shot 70% from the line. But I would like to see him closer in the like 77 to 80 yeah. range, you know. Approaching um, 80 would be great. His, his assists are 6.6 right now. I would actually like to see a few more for our starting caliber point guard. I mean, that's um, not bad, though. It's but, not bad, but I feel like he's there's could be some opportunity, especially in today's game. I felt like he was forcing it when he could have kicked out. Um, I I like it. Um, I like it when he gets you know two feet into the paint and kicks out. Yeah, it just opens up the offense for him too. So when he drives, they're thinking, "Is he going to his kick it speed out? forces attention? He forces the other team's big man to step in and help because he blows by his defender, and that's going to leave somebody open. That's right. Um, He's at 6.6 assists, like you said, 3.2 turnovers, so he's hovering around a 2-to-1 assist-to-turnover ratio. I feel like he could slightly improve on that if he got the assists up to about 7.5 and, and got the turnovers below 3. I think that would be nice. Like, if he was only averaging 2.5 turnovers a game with as much as he handles the ball, that would be fantastic. Getting the dimes over 7 a game, I think, would be good. Increasing efficiency. I get that when you take that many shots and when you're that explosive, there's going to be misses, but I think it's the jumper that's hurting him. It's not when he's going to the rim, it's the jump shot that's hurting him. So I'd like to see him improve that as well. But overall, you can't complain too much. I mean, he's averaging over 20 points a game. He's our main scorer. Um, He facilitates the offense, so not a whole lot to complain about. Leading our team or tied for blocks on our team so averaging yeah, I know, one right? a game, but... the defense has been nice with him too oh man that, that one game where he uh what he blocked um that gary harris uh in the denver game blocked so. him with just a few seconds left no it was will barton no yeah yeah and barton. he he after the game said and that ended up being a him. you know a deciding factor in the game so absolutely big big play big play yeah so fox overall great Let's move on to a not as great. Um, let's talk about Marvin Bagley a little bit. I'll let you start this one off. Oh, Marvin. Poor Marvin Bagley right now. Um, you know, I would say Katie Hunter said after the game today that players need to earn their minutes. It's an interesting thing when I think about Marvin Bagley. Today was his 81st game in the NBA, which if you were to think about... Not even a full season. Not yet. even. He's one game shy of a full season if he played every game. So if I'm really thinking about it, it's like he's wrapping up his rookie year right now. He has definitely been able to sit on the, the bench, but it's that in-game experience is so much... It's, it's different than watching film. It's different than practice. Um, it's the in-game experience. And I think there's, there are some bright, bright spots, but he definitely needs to get stronger. Um, you know, his... His rebounds are, are okay. Uh, he's averaging oh, roughly around, what is that, 7.8 rebounds right now. Yeah, um, that's not bad. It isn't. It, it isn't bad, but it's a little over five rebounds on the defensive side. I'd like to see a few more defensive rebounds Yeah, uh, for him. Like as offense. Box somebody out, mm-hmm. yeah. His efficiency is terrible. Um, other than Glenn Robinson the third, he has the lowest efficiency on the team. Um, he's shooting 63% from the line, not good. He's shooting 40% on two-pointers, not good. 25% from behind the arc, not good. He's taken 12 threes, made three of them. So it's like, eh, maybe don't shoot those as much, Bagley. I mean, it's cool that he's making a couple, but that's not really his thing. 40% on two-pointers. Is it because he's trying to take those like Chris Webber mid-range jumpers too much? Like, 
Also, I think he's not finishing strong. He got blocked by John Wall today on a layup. It's like, dude, go strong. Like, dunk the ball if you need to. Go up strong. He just, he's always seemed kind of like, not weak to me, but he doesn't play strong. Does that make sense? And I, and I think as he continues to develop and, uh, you know, grows his body, I mean, he's definitely developed more in the few years he's been in the league. But I think just that consistent play and consistent weight room uh, work, you're going to see that he's going to get stronger. I am um, very interested to see what he will develop on the defensive side of the ball, because I feel as if with rebounding and blocks and things like that, um, he, he's misjudging the timing and, and his position on those. And so just to kind of see where that goes, I think that'll increase his per. Um, but, you know, right now, now. Now, here's the thing. Like, we just talked about he's struggling a little bit on defense. His free throws are not good. And yet, his dad came out today on Twitter, and we had kind of a LeVar Ball situation. He basically tweeted that the Kings should trade Bagley. What he, he, he retweeted and pinned or whatever. Um, tagged the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, tagged the Kings in the tweet. Uh, we don't need that drama right now, number one. I would say, I mean, he still played 25, 26 minutes. It's not like he's Kyle Guy who's getting robbed of his minutes right now. No, no, but you know, like he's still playing 25, 26 minutes a game. But what I'm going to say is there's a reason why he's on the bench at the end of games. Luke Walton isn't just leaving him out to pick on him. Like he's struggling with his defense. He doesn't hit his free throws. He doesn't make great decisions. Those are the type of clutch things you need to be in at the end of games. And he trusts Halliburton, the rookie, to be in at the end of games. You know, high basketball IQ. He's obviously still a rookie. We'll talk about him in a second. But there's a reason why he's not closing out games. And I know some people disagree with it. I'm actually okay with Bagley not being on the floor at the end of games. I'm more comfortable with him on the bench, to be honest. That's just me. But Yeah, his plus and minus has been, you know, towards the bottom half of the team for all six games this series. Uh this season so far um going back to his dad's comments like i i do feel for the kid because now whenever he go when when he goes to speak with the media whether it be tomorrow after practice or or after the game on monday they're not going to ask him about hey what can you do to get stronger or what can you do to be in those games at the end it's going to be hey your dad posted this i mean luke walton got that as the second question today in the post game and it just it, it, it is going to be a huge distraction for the team. It's going to be annoying. And now he's having to deal with the aftermath exactly. of a tweet that he didn't even make. Exactly. And so his dad was kind of speaking for him. Like, I doubt that Bagley would come out and say, trade me. You yeah. know, that's not the case. It was his dad being frustrated. In the moment. Yeah. yeah. As a parent. like, you But know. making a poor decision to tweet and tag the team. So we'll see how that kind of unfolds. Hopefully it just kind of blows over. Let's talk a little bit about Buddy Heald, who is still scoring. He's scoring, what, 18 a game or so. So behind Fox, he, he's, you know, one of our top scorers, but still making some bad passes, shooting only 37% from the field. So he's still chucking it up. He's still playing hero ball. Um, ah, I mean, I, I, but when I watch the games, it doesn't feel like he's ISOing as much as last year. Like, it does seem like he's improved somewhat, but the numbers don't reflect that. Like, he's shooting 37%. Um, Thoughts on Buddy Heald? Yeah, I mean, Buddy, there was moments in the first half. I mean, it was tale of two halves today for him if I just talked about today's game, but it's a probably good indication of where he's at. It's hot and cold in the halves. So today's first half. He and was, in his career. In, in his career, <laughs> absolutely. 
but he was backing up. I mean, he was shooting from the logo um, on on this kind of the, the side of the court there. And he was hitting them. I mean, it was almost like when he first started shooting, I'm thinking, you are not Steph. You are not Curry, Dame. Yeah. Please, let's just get into the offense. But then he was hitting them. And I'm thinking, that's awesome. But then, oh, no, because he's just going to now start chucking those. And yeah. that's kind of a concern. We've seen, you know, Belly was hitting those deep ones. How many of those deep ones did he shoot uh, compared to how many he made? Right. Um, so it, they're know, not they're, high percentage shots. And not. you make a couple, you build this sense of confidence. And you start doing heat checks, and it's like we don't need those shots. That's right. You know, occasionally to energize the team, sure, but yep. like don't keep chucking those up. Absolutely. And then you know, you look at his two point uh, percentage right now. Uh, two point field goal percentage is at forty one point seven percent. Could be a little higher today. For example, when he would get in, there's just not a lot of uh, looking for that assist in the moment. Um, I think he kind of forced some of his layups trying to get in and. I mean, Christian Wood looked like an all-star always against he, To the be fair, he is a very good player, he but is. I feel like he looks a little bit better, even better than he already is when he plays against the Kings. So, yeah, it should be interesting to see, uh, you know, do the Kings start entertaining the idea of trading Buddy? Do they keep him? Does he keep doing what he's always... Is Buddy always going to be Buddy? Or is he going to evolve and adapt? We'll see going forward. I want to talk about a bright spot of the team. This is, this is my dude. I love Rashawn Holmes. Yes. Rashawn Holmes is such a stud. And I'm glad that Luke Walton finally came to his senses and realized that Holmes needs to be getting 30 plus minutes a game. He's the only player. I'm going to throw your plus minus out here. He's the only guy that's been positive every single game. Am I correct? Mm, yes. Right? Yep. Okay. So he has two turnovers or less. In every single game except one. There was early on in the season, um, we had the game against, it was the uh, first game against Phoenix, he had four turnovers. Other than that, he's got two turnovers or less in every game. He's shooting 69% from the field. He's shooting 90% from the line, which last year he was just a tick under 80. So that's going to come down, but I love it. Like, can he give Fox some lessons or something? Yes. But he's, he's just so efficient. So he doesn't turn the ball over. And he's shooting 69%, which tells me he's making smart decisions because he's not making bad passes and he's not taking bad shots. He's got that little shot put shot that I love. You know, I feel like it goes in like three quarters of the time um, from like the eight to 12 foot range. Uh, but I mean, Holmes has just been fun to watch this year. The blocks are down a little bit, so I would like to see him pick up the defense. But man, like he has been one of the main bright spots of the team so far this year. Yeah, and one of the things that I absolutely love about Holmes is he doesn't need to be a focal point of the offense, yet he's had two or three 20-plus point game, I think at least two that I know two. of. Two, he had one versus the second game against Denver, and then the very next game was the first game against Houston. He scored 22. And, but he, it wasn't like they were focusing on him on offense. He nope. was putting himself in positions to be successful, so he has the highest offensive rebound um, number right now. I think he's averaging a little three, three and a half rebounds a game offensively. If you put those three back, that's six points. You've just increased, you know, your your overall average of points. But I think for him, it's just he's always putting himself in positions or he's anticipating where the offense is going to go mm -hmm. so he can be ready. I He rarely slips the screens. He sets really good screens. I was just going to say, he plays that high exactly. pick and roll beautifully with Fox or who, Halliburton or whoever's running the offense at the time. He plays that high pick and roll very nicely. 
And and I would like to see Marvin do a little bit of that. I think Bagley could learn a whole lot from Holmes and, and just setting those solid screens and then you set yourself. There's so many options when there's a solid screen. For sure, because you just play off of what the defender does, basically. But So Holmes has been great. You know who's been kind of a silent assassin who's been sneaky good this year is Harrison Barnes. Yes. I mean, I'll, I'll let you go ahead and talk. I mean, I, I know you're pumped about him. I am. It's <laughs> funny because he's he's got that quiet average just around 15 points a game right now through six games. Yeah, almost which, 16, right? Yeah, and very impressed. He had 19 today. I know a lot of those points came in the last few minutes, but he was getting to the line. Um, I don't think he is forcing as much as he was last year. I felt like last year he forced a whole lot. I think this year he's playing really smart um and he's also another one that doesn't need to get the touches he will just get himself in the positions what he will recognize that he has a smaller guy on him and he'll immediately call for the offense to to kick it down to him in the post and he'll make a great move but i just think he is another high about ba- him and rashawn holmes high basketball like you guys yeah he's averaging over eight rebounds and three assists a game too awesome. um shooting 46 percent from the field which isn't amazing but for a small forward that's not terrible You'd love to see that be a little bit higher. Um, But overall, I mean, Barnes is playing great. Um, And he isn't typically one of the guys that you talk about when you talk about the Kings. He's probably the last one. I mean, literally, we just talked about the five starters, and he was the last one we talked about. But he's just been quietly um, having a really good season so far, a solid start to the year for sure. Um, He's also had to play big. He's played the four a whole lot. That's true, because we've been playing a lot of stretch ball. Mm -hmm. And so he's had to play bigger than he uh, than he is. And he's done an okay job with that, too. That's probably where the eight boards come from, too. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, loving Barnes so far. Talk a little bit about a couple guys on the bench. I guess before we get to uh, Kojo and Whiteside, let's talk about our um, superstar rookie. Our rookie of the year candidate. Yeah, rookie of the year candidate, Tyrese Halliburton who is currently dealing with a uh, wrist bone bruise. Unfortunately, that is the same one he dealt with at Iowa State. He is going to be reevaluated next week, so he's kind of on a week-to-week um, schedule right now. So, I mean, I don't know if we'll get him by the end of next week. I guess we just have to wait and see what the evaluation comes back at. But, man. Um, he's lucky it's only a bone bruise. I, I saw know. that fall, and I thought, oh. He just, oh, can you imagine I if he, had, he like, fractured it, it or yeah. something? Like, I think everybody's heart stopped. Because he's just been such a bright spot. In, in the 26 minutes a game he's been getting, they've been running the offense through him. He's been closing games, averaging over 10.5 points a game, a um, couple of boards, 4.5 assists, a steal a game, um, taking clutch shots. Obviously, he's a rookie. There are rookie moments. There was a game against Denver where he, we were up by 12 with about 2.5 minutes left, and he had just made a 3. We got a rebound, so fresh 24-second shot clock. They kicked it out to Hallie, and he chucked up a three and did a heat check. And it's like, that was kind of an Iowa, like, you're not at Iowa State anymore, dude. Like, you know, like, I get it, but, like, up 12, two and a half minutes left, fresh shot clock, don't just chuck up a three right away. But overall, and then late in that game, he was a little bit hesitant to drive. I noticed he was a little scared. And then our team ended up taking four threes in a row and missing them. And then finally Fox came in, got the ball, drove past Jokic and scored this like amazing bank shot from the left side. So it's like, don't be afraid to penetrate and drive. But those are like rookie things. You know, he's only a few games in. Overall, I love what I've seen from him so far, though. He's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you and I are usually pretty aligned. I'm not sure if I saw a lot of fear in his eyes in those games. Maybe hesitant based on what should I do, where like a situational. Yeah, I'm not saying he was afraid, but just for whatever reason, he would just kind of dribble at the top of the arch 
and then like pass it off. And then they were just kind of passing it around and then they'd end up taking a three where he wasn't driving. He was, hes- it was just like you said, maybe a slight hesitation. Um, and that might go away at, with experience. So I don't think it's fear. I think he's been very poised. He's looked extremely poised for a rookie so far, but um, I did see a little bit of hesitation on a cu- just on just a couple possessions late in that Denver game. Is all I'm saying. But, you know, and he's. I don't want to crown this kid too early, <laughs> but it's been a long time since I've been hyped about a rookie. I mean, Demarcus Cousins was probably the last one that I was this hyped about. Um, Fox but, had a decent rookie year. Yes, but. Fox. You're right, Fox. But I think there was right away Fox. He would have made, I think, more impact had George Hill not been playing so much ahead of him. Right. But that's, you know, those are coaches' decisions. I don't want to get too You're much right. The it. hype is a lot higher. Because of his, his playing time is there. But he went down at the beginning of the fourth quarter of that Rockets game. Mm-hmm. We lost it at the end of that fourth quarter. I'm not saying whether he played or not, that would have made the largest difference. In this game right here, our bench played horrendously. I want to say, I think our bench only had 13 points tonight. Um, oh completely ridiculous but when he is on the floor he is such a floor general the when i notice when he's not on the floor like today he wasn't there with the bench bench unit there wasn't a whole lot of movement when you don't have the ball there's a lot of watching and that's where i think the kings have gotten in trouble in the past but when halliburton's on the floor he will reward you if you move there was a number of times he would dump the ball off to barnes who was cutting Holmes, Bagley, like he would find you and he would find you on the far side of the court if that's what it took. Sometimes some of those rookie passes, I'll skip it across, but he's been pretty accurate with it. I think he only yeah. has four turnovers and one of those was because Buddy goes, here, Rook, it's the end of the game. Oh, yeah, the when turnover. they were playing hot potato <laughs> yeah. with the ball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I would say Halliburton is that kind of that glue that we've been missing. And there was not, like I said, I whether he played today or not, whether it would have a big outcome, I think he is a difference maker for our team. Absolutely. Um, and I think he is a vital piece um, as we move forward. I completely agree. Hopefully he gets better quickly. Let's uh, quickly touch on the last two bench guys I wanted to talk about, and that's Corey Joseph and Hassan Whiteside. Joseph, uh, despite p- playing 23.6 minutes per game, is only averaging 2.3 assists. There's no doubt. We all know that Corey Joseph can be an asset on the defensive side of the ball. He's a very good defender. He's a plus defender. But he's kind of become a liability on offense. He doesn't distribute. He doesn't score. He doesn't hit big shots. He doesn't give that spark off the bench like a Bogdanovich used to for us or like a um, Halliburton does now. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like he should just be like a specialty type player, you know, like in, in specific situations where we need to kind of lock down um, a star player or something because his offense just like, and I think when he's on the floor, he almost needs to be on the floor at the same time as Fox. So Fox can run the offense. Like it should be Halliburton or somebody else running the second offense because Corey Joseph is just, he's not a distributor. He's not a scorer. He's a defensive guy. You know, he will occasionally give you 12 points, but he's not a scorer. So, yeah, for those uh, of us that follow us on Twitter, you'll notice I, the only time I talk about substitutions is when Corey Joseph comes in as the first man off the bench. And I am, I love Joseph on defense. I, there's very few guys on our team that I would trust to be able to lock up a player. I mean, what he's done against Luca and others, hands down, he deserves a spot on this team. But you said it perfectly. Like, from a distributor standpoint, distribu- distributor standpoint, Halliburton should be the guy. They should be coming off together. I like them together. I actually feel like the leadership that Kojo brings with Halliburton is a positive. Also, 
Corey Joseph hit a number of really good wide open three set shots where he was set up by a Halliburton or a Fox. Right. And I trust him in those moments. Uh, I so just, he, he's almost like a shooting guard in a, in a point guard's body, right? Yeah. Like he can catch and shoot. He can play defense, but he needs to be on the floor with a Fox or a Halliburton who can be, you know, have the keys to the offense and distribute and drive, penetrate, you know, just kind of facilitate everything. He's not a facilitator. And, and I don't, I know we're going to talk probably a little bit about this later on, or maybe right now, but Luke Walton's rotations, I, you know, he wants to keep Fox or healed on the floor at all times. Well, if you do that, you take Fox out. He's been putting Corey Joseph in. So with 2.8 assists, that means the ball's not moving that much. Right. You know, and those can get us in depth as we've seen, it gets us in trouble in some of those games. For sure. Not a lot to say about Hassan Whiteside. He's been kind of a disappointment. I'm glad that Luke Walton didn't drag it out like he did with Deadman last year. He just realized right away Holmes needs more minutes. Whiteside is shooting 50% from the field, which for a center for him is okay, but not great. Um, his free throw percentage is 25% right now. I think he's like two of eight from the line. He's still averaging a block a game despite the limited minutes, but he's just not a stretch five. He doesn't exactly fit into what we like to do. He doesn't make free throws. He doesn't make the the efficient moves that Holmes does. So, like, I just, unless there's a Rashawn Holmes injury, I don't see a a pathway for Whiteside to play heavy or meaningful minutes. But that's, you know, just kind of my take. Yeah, I mean, you look at our wins. He had 13 minutes in our win on the 29th against the Nuggets. He had 18 minutes in our win against the Nuggets on the 23rd. He had 15 minutes in our win against Phoenix. And then in our two losses, he had three the first night we played Houston on New Year's Eve, three minutes total. And then uh, he had 10 minutes. So it's almost like the argument would be the more minutes he plays, the better. But I actually do agree with you. I think he's a situational center. Um, but I would have liked to see him a little bit more in the Houston game because they had 64 points inside the paint. And I think he yeah. could have clogged that up a little bit more. The hard part is he's got to chase Christian Wood around who can knock the three down, right. and he was. A lot of these centers we've played have been more versatile. You've got Aiton, then you've got Jokic. And like the, I mean, it's not really a great matchup for him. I think he will play more minutes in matchups where it makes sense for him to. Um, I can see your point where he could have played more. Um, but even in the Denver game where... Uh, we won 115 or 125 to 115. He played 13 minutes. He was two of seven from the field, um, six points, five boards. You know, like he just, I don't know. He's just kind of blah right now. I will say, and, in, in, you know, his 25% free throw percentage. Yeah, I, I just, I know, I, know I just you mentioned, mentioned that, that but yeah. it's just, I know, two, two of eight, like that, that's bad. So you've got, on one hand, you've got Rashawn Holmes. Yep shooting 90%. Now, realistically, Holmes is probably closer to 80. Um, Whiteside last year actually shot um, 68%, almost 69 from the line. So he's not this bad of a free throw shooter, but like he's been pretty bad so far. Well, and, and to the credit of the minutes, that first Denver game, didn't both Whiteside and Holmes foul out yeah. early, early fourth? Yeah. Might have even been late third for someone. I yeah, think he, Holmes. They, he fell out. So, so he he got an. I'm not saying look. he should be out of the rotation. I'm just saying Holmes needs to continue to get 30 plus minutes a game. That's I, I'm I don't disagree with you at all. Um, I mean, his per is the highest on the team right now at 22.5. So oh, second highest. Kyle guys at 38.44. The goat. But he's only played. The goat. You know, 
six minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so before we wrap up, I mean, we've kind of gone through a lot of what we've seen from players and touched on a lot of stuff that's happened. Anything in the first six games of the season? Uh, we're sitting in the eight seed right now, currently. Just for what it's worth, um, anything that's kind of stood out to you that you want to talk about uh, from the first few games? I mean, there's a noticeable difference with Rex Kellerman on our coaching staff. We picked him up in the offseason. He is a defensive-minded coach. It's a good I, point. I will say that our defense has looked a whole lot better. I mean, there have been moments where teams in the past would go 20, 30-point runs on us. I haven't seen that in the first six games, and we have played explosive offenses. Um, you know, and we'll and, see high scoring games, but we're kind of going tip for tat with them and kind of hanging with them at least. And we're not giving up huge runs, except for today's game. You did see that a little yeah. bit because the Kings started playing hero ball a little bit. They went cold in the second half. They stopped distributing. And so that that's the one time where like, you know, to go against assists. Um, yeah, there. Yeah. No assist today, really. Um, so, but, but that's a great example of what happens when, when, when we do that, you know, when we, when we start playing hero ball, when we don't distribute, um, and when the defense kind of slips a little bit, but no, that's actually a great point with the coaching staff, the defense, um, anything else? I mean, the, the defense is really what, what is sticking out to me right now. I would also say the games that we have won is you just hit it right now is when we're facilitating, we're passing the ball, we're setting each other up it almost seems like a lack of trust in our losses because they go to hero ball. It becomes one on five or two on five. Um, but when we get everybody involved, I'm finding that uh, we're scoring, we're keeping the ball longer, which kind of chews into that clock a little bit. Uh, but ultimately it's fun. It's exciting to watch when we're passing the ball around and setting each other up for shots. Yeah. I think it, it's clear that the offense definitely runs through Fox and Halliburton because even when Fox was hurt last year, we struggled. Because he forces those defenders to step in. Um, Halliburton is a smart player. Um, he's got that energy and that, that spark, that burst, and he distributes as well. I think they're going to be the keys to the offense. And then guys like Barnes and Holmes you know, and Bagley finishing um, is going to be another key to success. And, and obviously Buddy, um, whether he's hot or cold and if he's chucking up a bunch of shots or not, you know, from the logo. Um, but I think that... Because Buddy never really stepped in as that distributor either. He'll get a few assists now and then, but I feel like Halliburton is definitely going to be that guy to kind of facilitate the offense, like come alongside Fox and be the, the core of the offense. So, um, yeah, overall, liking what I'm seeing. Um, more defense, smarter shots, better passing. You know, we, when we go away from that, the other team goes on runs, but overall I think the Kings have done a pretty good job kind of sticking to that. Um, Anything else before we move on to the upcoming games? I mean, I'm I'm interested to see what happens to Belly. Um, you know, him he's only averaging about 15 minutes a game right now, and yeah, Bielitsa has been a non-factor mm -hmm. so far. Um, I don't know. I do you feel like it's because he's kind of a, a niche, like he's a stretch four. He has a very specific role. Could it be a matchup thing based on who we've played? Could it be? Uh, Luke trying to figure out the rotation of this kind of oddball like lineup that we've got going um, and then belly just not really heating up and earning more minutes. I mean, um, what, what, why do you think he's not really been a factor? You know, I Doug Christie always talks about stylistically. Does he fit our pace? I think at times he does, but sometimes does he, does he fit it consistently? 
Yeah. And I think he would, it would probably lean more no, as much as I, I actually like the guy a lot. I think yeah. he's a really smart basketball player. For sure. Um, but I just, I, I expected actually a larger role from him. And mm-hmm. maybe it's because, like you said, Walton likes that kind of the smaller ball, a center and three guards and Barnes. Yeah, and we'll see if his role grows against certain teams or as the season goes on. Um, I know we definitely appreciate his veteran, veteran leadership and his intelligence out on the court, but it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds as the season goes on. It's another good point. Let's uh, talk just briefly about the upcoming games. Uh, this next week, we've got Golden State on January 4th at Golden State. Uh, we've got Chicago on January 6th at home and then Toronto at home on January 8th. Um, none of those teams have started off the season, you know, well, really. But to me, that kind of, they all feel like trap games. It feels like a trap to me. I don't Absolutely. know. I don't love it, but. I am, I am actually a little nervous because I can see us letting our guard down a little bit thinking we've, we've done more than we actually have accomplished. Um, but the Warriors are due. The Warriors are due for blowing out yeah. a team. Curry is going to get hot. I know, um, you know, uh, Draymond's back. And he adds a different dimension. I know Chris went down with yeah, a broken and that, leg. That kid Wiseman is really good at center, too. It's yeah. the first time they've really had a center since David Lee, who used to play like four games a year and then get hurt. Um, but go figure that, you know, we had the, to start the year, we had the Suns, the Rockets, and the and the Nuggets on the schedule, but we're more scared of the Warriors, Bulls, and, well, the Raptors are actually a good team, but uh, they just haven't started out well. But I know it's those games. Those are, those are the games where we tend to occasionally turn into Kangs. So this will be the, the time to see if we've turned a new leaf this year and if we can. I, I'd say um, a good goal would be to take two out of three of those. I don't know what you think. But um, if we could come out of it, uh, what would that put us at? Like five and four? So I think that would actually be great. So I mean, taking all three would be amazing. But yeah, Well, yeah, ideally. Going two and one over the next three games, absolutely, 100%. I'd be uh, happy with that. I'd be very happy with the five and four record. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, pretty sure that wraps it up uh, for this time. We're going to try to get more content up as often as we can right now or every week or so. Um, we are officially on Apple Podcasts now, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Please subscribe to us. Leave us five-star reviews on Apple. Um, it means a lot to us and definitely helps us out uh, getting started. Um, Kev, Twitter? Yeah, uh, the King's Lab, at the King's Lab. Go ahead and you know tweet at us if you got questions. If you have something you'd like to hear on the podcast, send us a, a DM and we'll... Uh, We'll definitely try and get it up there. Yeah, and at least follow us for now as we try to build that up. But um, other than that, until the, until next time, I'm Matt. He's Kevin. We are Kings Lab Podcast. And go Kings, right, Kevin? Go Kings.